Welcome back to Standby Line, the only podcast where we refuse to acknowledge that Halloween was two weeks ago. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, if everybody else can commit to the bit of doing their Halloween stuff after Halloween, so can we. I'm Tim, as always, enjoying my co-host, AJ. Hello, everybody. Uh, we actually have quite a big annou- announcement, and this is like literally within the last half hour. Yeah, this yeah, this was... I, I'm amazed it happened tonight of all nights. We just got the notification. We passed a thousand downloads on Buzzbrow. Yeah. And that's not even all of our downloads, to be completely fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, for some reason, Apple Podcasts doesn't get counted in that, and, and that has quite a, quite a few on its own, so I'd have to look at the exact n- numbers, but still, still see... Suffice to say, having a thousand downloads on Buzzsprout is, is a really good showing for how far we've come. Yeah. Uh, I, I know we I know we, we say this all the time, but genuinely, thank you so much to anyone who's ever tuned in and, and listened. It, it really does mean the world. Yeah. I mean, hey, we wouldn't be to a thousand without all of you. Each and every one of you, including the ones in Germany, which, frankly, I'm still mystified that we have an audience in Germany. <laughs> uh, but you know what? You're keeping us going strong, so, th- so thank oh, you. Oh, yes, we adore you. We absolutely love you. I, I just don't know where you came from. And uh, we actually have quite a bit quite a bit in the uh, pipeline. Like, right now, we're scheduled through the beginning of March, which is unreal for us. Once we finally started writing down what we were doing in advance, like when we said, like, hey, how about we do that? Now we started writing it down, and now all of a sudden we realized, oh, we kind of have to keep to this schedule now, don't we? <laughs> yeah, like, we're recording this on Tuesday night because I'm trying to get this done and edited before the thing I we have to we have to do for the December ticket booth comes out of front. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, and and also and also the thing for the November ticket booth comes out on Friday, so so we got a busy week. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And we also have uh, another project uh, uh, we're, uh, we're working on. We have a lot of projects we're working on. So Tim says that I, I'm not entirely sure which one he's referring to at the moment. You you, you know which one I'm. Th- you know oh, okay. Yeah, I know which one you're. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When you take that tone of voice, yes, I know which one you're talking about. That one's gonna be good. We don't have a time frame. Yeah, we don't have a time frame on it on it yet. But but we're in the planning sta- sta- stages, and we're really excited for you to see it. Uh, uh, listen to it. it you, you know what I mean. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. You see it with your ears. Y- you might be able to see it. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> so today uh, is we're doing the winner of the October ticket booth. So Six Flags Fright Fest. Yeah, an event I had barely ever heard of before it won the poll. I definitely he- remember hearing this advertised a lot, a lot when I was a kid. Like back dur- during the days when, when, when like, uh, the Six Flags mascot was 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 the uh, old, old was was the, was the bald old ma- old ma- man who who uh, danced around to the song. I remember see- seeing uh, Fright Fest get, get advertised pretty heavily during the during, during the fall months. Yeah, that's fair. I think the thing that really colored it for me was, uh, as much as I've always existed in the theme park space, and as much as Six Flags has always been kind of a cultural icon, in my perception, um, I don't think it's hard to say it's a cultural icon in general, at least in terms of the American parks. It's just something I never really heard a lot about, and I think I can kind of chalk that up to the fact that I never lived near one. At least not one that was operating as a, as a Six Flags when I lived near it. Because I lived near Elitch Gardens for a few years, but that was in that middle period where they weren't a Six Flags park. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. It, I don't know if they're a Six Flags park anymore or not. 
they weren't for like 10 years. And then I think they got sold back to Six Flags, who then just sold them off again. We'll do an episode on that one day. Uh, maybe they are Six Flags again, because they're merging with Cedar Fair now. Oh, that's true, they are. Yeah, I... Yeah. Yeah, two of the um, two of the most iconic, not the big theme parks in American history are merging together, and that's going to be very interesting for the industry. I say, like, I have any stake in the industry outside of uh, this podcast and my dad. Do we get to see Batman walking around with Snoopy? Because I would be into that. Uh, yeah, no, honestly, if that's the, if that's what comes out of this, I, I will consider this an absolute win. So, going by what we said last week about, about uh, Halloween Horror Nights, there's the same basic idea for Fright Fest, but it, obviously it's not nearly the same scale as Universal, where they have like access to, like, damn near any marketable uh, horror movie license. Let it be said, there have been years where where Six Flags Fright Fest has also gotten its hands on some decent ones. Like, some of the only houses I could actually find out about that happened in some of the parks last year was, I think it was Magic Mountain that got a, a house themed around Saw X. I looked at it. It was interesting. You can tell this is trying to be Halloween Horror Nights on a uh, on a on a Six Flags budget, which uh, that that isn't that isn't that always the case with Six Flags. I, I don't necessarily mean that as an insult, but like no, no, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, the, the production value is pretty different. Having having actually gone to Halloween Horror Nights and seen it in person now, and then I think there was one based around The Conjuring. It gave me the same vibes as the uh, the ones, you know, the ones Warner Brothers Studios did a couple of years ago, back in like 2017 or something like that. Oh, yeah, right. They gave me those kind of vibes where it where it almost felt like this is something they wanted to do, but not necessarily something they wanted to sink a ton of resources into. Yeah, just to get something out, 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 out there, which I could say the same about a lot of Conrad movies, honestly. Yeah. And a decent number of the Saw sequels. At least most of them had decent production value. True, yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> the only citation I could find when looking around for articles about Fright Fest was an article from 2000, which, if you ask me, very openly acknowledges what these events are trying to do. It's capitalizing on a holiday to drive up seasonal attendance. Hey, fair enough. I'm not gonna blame That's you. the theme park industry. You gotta keep people coming in all year, and if that takes you putting together haunted houses, it takes you putting together haunted houses. I, I mean, let's face the facts. If if you're not like Disney or Universal, the summer months are, are your peak. That that's just the fact of life. Yeah, exactly. So it's what I will say surprised me. I did not know that Fright Fest was as widespread as it was. Because if you don't know, dear listener, Six Flags owns a lot of parks, like a genuine crap ton of parks. Most of them weren't Six Flags when they were built, but they're Six Flags now. A decent number of them weren't built as Six Flags, became Six Flags, and are no longer Six Flags. Uh, which is a whole nother can of worms, because I can't remember what parks are Six Flags and what parks aren't Six Flags anymore. Uh, yeah, that we're not getting into. That I don't think we could do an episode about, because we'd confuse ourselves too much. So... As of last year, these are all the Six Flags that are that had that had a Fright Fest in 2022. Uh, Six Flags over Georgia, Six Flags over Texas, Six Flags St. Louis, Frontier City, 
Six Flags Great America, Six Flags Great Adventure, uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain, Six Flags Fiesta Texas, Six Flags Darien Lake, Six Flags America, Six Flags Discovery Kingdom, uh, Six Flags Great Great Escape, Six Flags New England, La, La Ronde, and Six Flags Mexico. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Great Escape was on there. Great Escape is not a big park. I'm kind of surprised they tried to do something like that. And then I looked at the website for Great Escape, and it's like, oh yeah, it only had like two houses, a scare zone, and like one show. I was like, oh, okay. It's a really miniature version of the event, which, eh, fair enough. It, it, felt, it felt like they were, just, they were just getting Great Adventures leftovers. Yeah. And But I will say, what did impress me a lot is that from what I saw, no two parks had the same houses or zones. No, which honestly is very Im- 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 impressive because... Six Flags does have a lot of overlap with, with its rides acro- across its various parks. Yeah. So I was kind of impressed to find out, like, oh, yeah, there are no crossovers of, of houses or zones or anything like that. Let it be said, if you look on the websites, they use the same promotional mater- uh, material for, like, most of them. But make of that what you will. Uh, marketing does what it wants. I'm not going to fault it for that. But And honestly, to their credit, most, most of the houses are original and they do kind of play play in into the regions they're in like for example great adventure usually has one based on the jersey devil yeah and then you've got fiesta texas which for some reason has one that's apparently set in baton rouge it's six flags you don't question it (laughs) it's like you tried there was there was something happening here what it was we don't really know but there was something and apparently it was part of like a series too, because it had like a name and then a subtitle. So I was like, oh my God, have there been more houses like this in the past? Well, you know, that's it, probably because Six Flags Over Texas gets the actual Texas stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And, and I'm not kidding with what I said earlier about Six Flags being a cultural icon in my mind. When Wyatt and I were decorating our, uh, our suite when we lived together in the dorms, I very specifically said we had to get exactly Six Flags. And then we and then we solely referred to our our suite as Six Flags over Harper Hall. It's a catchy title for a reason. Exactly, it works. I was just doing it because I'm sarcastic and I'm I, I I know way too much about theme parks, but that's why I'm here. No, you're doing it because you're sarcastic, but then it like it becomes it becomes like not ironic anymore. Exactly, I genuinely liked that joke. Even beyond it being a joke, I do think it was genuinely kind of a cool vibe to have. We had like the entire center, whatever. I'm not talking about the flag decorations right now. I could go on for hours and hours about the flags. <laughs> uh, I, I know you can't. Trust me, I've seen them and, and, and there were some choices in there. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, we made some wild picks. It was great. <laughs> but yeah, so. Fright Fest. Like we said, it is really hard to find specific details on Fright Fest. I only found walkthroughs of the two houses I mentioned earlier, Saw X and The Conjuring. Better to talk more about the vibes, and compared to like Halloween Horror Nights last week, uh, Fright Fest usually have dedicated safe zones that you know, you know, don't have have actors going around, and you know, if there are any rides operating, you can get in them the uh, question w- without you know being bothered. But when you're actually in the, uh, I don't know what the official term is, so I'll just say, say scare zones. The actors played a lot more straight than they do it than they do at horror nights. 
Yeah, at Horror Nights, they're willing to kind of goof off if it's clear the crowd knows they're going to goof off. So, But when you go to Fright Fest, if you're in a scare zone, they're going to scare you. Yeah. I, I would almost say that it's the exact reverse of what was happening at Halloween Horror Nights. The scare zones were the more intense stuff, whereas the houses were more like, yeah, this is just vibes. I'd agree with that, yeah. Because everything I saw of those two houses, I was not particularly impressed. But it was more so like, oh, you're walking through like a dimly lit hallway, and then at the end, somebody like slips out of a window and jump scares you. Okay. And more often than not, it's not really a jump scare as much as it's like, oh, I guess you weren't expecting someone to be there. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> it's it's strange, and I don't know quite how I how how I how I feel about that. But I will say that they also had the very interesting quality of very specifically dedicating all of the time before the event to being very family-friendly. Yeah, dur- during the day, like, it's... Not to belabor the point, but it's night and day be- between when the sun go- goes up and down in the park. From everything I see, the fall family fun stuff is, like, the exact opposite. Like, it's completely calm. It's a bunch of, like, trick-or-treating for kids and... Basically, you're going from not so scary to Halloween Horror Nights. To to keep drawing comparisons to the big two, and they make it especially clear, like the second the sun goes down, you're fair game. Yeah, and it's funny because it's not like Universal does, where there's like an hour and a half after the park closes for them to get ready for Halloween Horror Nights. No, no, like be- because 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 of, because of the, of the nature of the park itself. The second the sun goes down, they have to be ready to go. And sometimes it's before the sun even goes down. In some of the parks, it's just straight up at 5 o'clock, the, the normal park closes, and you're making your way out, but the Halloween event is already going on. You better take care to get out carefully if, if, you, if you don't want to deal with the scares. Yeah, little Timmy's got a whole ass if he, if he doesn't want, 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 to, want to see a zombie rip, uh, ripping his guts out. Exactly. You gotta teach your kids the importance of speed in emergency situations. It's good training. And there's one show that I desperately wanted to find more information about because it sounded really dumb and I wanted to see it. But for the life of me, I could not find anything about it. And it's called Love at First Fright. Uh, which park was this at? I don't even know. I found like one mention of it and I in nothing else. I was looking at all the Six Flags websites I could pull up and I did not find a single thing about it. And that was so disappointing. Now, apparently, Wikipedia said it was like Great America, St. Louis, and over Texas, but I could find no signs of that. Okay, so this is from the Six Flags Wiki. Love at First Friday is a Halloween jukebox musical Fright Fest at Six Flags Great America. The show centers on protagonists Jack and Katie making their way through the Halloween, through Halloween night and through Witchy's, Witchy's Castle as she looks for a new brain for a creature, Frankie. The show debuted for Fright Fest 1991, so when the Peter got traction for that year. And. There's a couple images, but that's about it. See, this event is impossible to find hard details on. And I guess that's because, you know, people who are really ingrained in the idea of like going to Halloween events at theme parks are probably going to go to one of the big ones instead of going to, you know, their local Six Flags. But at the same time, it's like, there's work being put into this. I want to see it archived. Yeah, no- nobody's got anything? I'm sure there are plenty of pictures somewhere. It's just that people aren't bothering to upload them, and that offends me. It's going to be lost to the ages. Decades from now, 
uh, historians will never know the glories of Six Flags Fright Fest. <laughs> Their names were Witchy and Frankie. I can't wait for aliens to just uncover that one web page. That's like the one web page left after the collapse of society. Goes, <laughs> these must be their gods. Like, you know, Frankenstein's public domain, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you could have called it Frankenstein, and you also could have came up with a better name than Witchy. I, I guess I shouldn't judge, but at the same time, like, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I, I don't know, you, you got Looney Tunes, you, you use Witch Hazel or something. Exactly, exactly. Even if it's not, like, actually Witch Hazel, that would almost be funnier. Of having her name be Witch Hazel and somebody have somebody go like, oh, like Looney Tunes? And she goes, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> now, have it be, like, the situation with uh, using Seuss Landing in Halloween Horror Nights where they try it one year and then they get threatened with such a massive lawsuit that they just shut up and never try it again. Like ten years ago, I would I would have said that Looney Tunes would have would have been all all for using using characters like like this. Just take the piss out of it. Like uh, like like Bugs is, is getting ch- chased by like Frankenstein and stuff, and and he, and he and he does the dis- the disguise trick. Uh, but now uh, with Warner Brothers being you know Warner Brothers, yeah. Now I don't think it would it would fly. I want to see if there's anything else I can pull up from any of these websites because genuinely, I just. I will say it was really, really funny to me seeing that all of the promotional content was exactly the same. Some of the houses had unique pictures, which was nice, but. Well, generally, like for, com- for commercials, Six Flags doesn't shoot its own for each park unless like they're advertising something specific to, to that park. Yeah, and this is this is very evident of that. Also, apparently it's uh, apparently it's sponsored by Snickers. So apparently Snickers has just cornered the market and sponsored like half of the Halloween theme park events in the country. Not entirely a surprise, if we're being completely honest, but I'm also kind of like, huh, you'd think they, they, they'd pick a horse and stick with it. But Actually, I don't even necessarily know that they're like actively involved and not so scary as much as Disney just pays them like piss off sums of money to give them candy. Because they also hand out a lot of Mars candy. True. Yeah. 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 Like they they use M M&M, and M's for for, for like the marquees when you go to retreat. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe it's Mars that's actually involved, and they just pay Snickers for out of pocket for the for the candy. This time, ta- this episode on standby line, the candy politics of Halloween events at theme parks. I'm 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 so upset. I'm so upset. I, I didn't I didn't put Hershey Park in the poll for the, for this. Does Hershey Park do with Halloween event? I. I'm like ninety percent sure they, they 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 did, but I haven't been to Hershey Park in in, in such. Hold a long on, time. hold on. I gotta look at this now. Huh? So they do. It's called Dark Nights, apparently. I can't I, I I can't tell if there's like actual like like stuff going on, but oh yeah, sounds like it. Five haunted houses. I will also say that most of these these haunted houses sound like stuff that I also saw at Six Flags. The the only one they have going for it is a haunted coal mine, which I'm kind of surprised nobody else has tried yet. <laughs> well, it's in central Pennsylvania. There's a... That's fair, yeah. I feel like the idea of a, of a candy factory was right there. Oh no, they've been mixing toxic waste into the candy. That would be bad for PR. That would be really bad for PR. 
What are they trying to tell us with this one? <laughs> no, Six Flags should do that to uh, to to rag on uh, on Hershey one year, and then Hershey will fire back by by making one about a uh, low production uh, theme parks that got bought out by a big mega corporation. <laughs> Topical. I'm taking pot shots at Six Flags and Hershey Park today. I I don't know why. I like both of those parks. <laughs> I have no ill will towards either of them. They're just really, really easy to take pot shots at. <laughs> so is Disney and Universal, admittedly. Yeah. Almost easier. But, but we so. take pot shots at them all. Exactly. Time. We spend we, we have basically made our careers in this podcast out of out of taking pot shots at them. But yeah, color me surprised that apparently Hershey Parks has a Halloween event. Because I I knew they definitely had a Christmas event. I I, I didn't I didn't I didn't know they. Had yeah, I do also just kind of expect that most theme parks have a Christmas event in some capacity, if not quite to the levels of like Very Merry or um or uh what what are they? Crap, what do they call it? Bush Gardens? Is it just Christmas Town? That sounds. I haven't cool. been. In, I I haven't been in like at least. I don't know. I actually went just a couple of years ago. Oh, I'm embarrassing myself. I did. I just went a couple of years ago. Yeah, it is Christmas Town. I was right. Okay. Yeah, we just went a couple of years ago because we specifically drove a different way home when they picked me up for the semester so we could go to Christmas Town one night and then drive home because we hadn't been to Bush Gardens in like a decade. Does Universal do one? Because I don't think that, I don't feel like I ever hear about it. Not a formal one. Not like a specifically ticketed event. Last I understood. They do stuff around the park for Christmas, but I do not believe that they do. Yeah, um, obviously. Yeah. I don't believe they do. They do ticketed events. Because last I heard, all they do, uh, the only really like big thing is they do Grinchmas over at Islands of Adventure. Um, and then they have the the parades that go through every couple of every little once in a while through the park. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they do a ticketed event. But I think that is also partially because I think Universal kind of knows that as much as it has a one-up on on Disney at Halloween, because Disney's not willing to commit. Because it's Disney, and you shouldn't expect Disney to do like super scary haunted houses. Uh, Christmas is definitely something that's going to fall in the Disney domain. Absolutely. And that falls back to what I said last episode, that Universal has kind of made a lot of its marketing off of the fact that it is the place you go when you go to Disney. Because it's like, oh, wow, you can't just go to Disney because then your teenager is going to be super upset about it. Genuinely, folks, I wish we could say more about Fright Fest. Yeah, unfortunately, I really is, do. Unlike last week, where, where at least AJ had been to it, this is the one neither of us have ever, ever, ever done, actually. Uh, and, and admittedly, they, there is just, unlike Halloween Horror Nights, where there's like a massive like fan wiki upkept and a bunch of um, a bunch of press surrounding it. Even the Six Flags website barely has any details about anything that goes on at, at Fright yeah, Fest. It's a little, it's a little bare. It it basically just says, "Hey, we're doing it. We'll we'll have houses." Uh, uh, what are you doing? Uh, uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Like you can click on a thing for a show, expecting a synopsis, because it'll kind of like act like you can click on it for more information, and then it takes you to a four hundred four page. Which might be because you know the show, like the the event is over for the year, so. There's no reason to spend the resources on upkeeping the, the the site, but at the same time, all of a sudden, I have no clue what that show's about because they didn't bother archiving it, <laughs> despite the fact that the website's still up. 
figure that one out. Let it be said, the Halloween Horror Nights website is also not great, nor is Hallow Screams. But at least there's a fan wiki upkeeping everything in like a million YouTube videos. Oh boy, is there. I found one, I, like I said, I found one YouTube video about all of Fright Fest. The influencers have failed me for the last time. Uh, so, sorry for the filler, but next next time we'll be back in force because we're finally, be, formally back, back to Disney. Uh, it's finally time to talk about Tron Light Cycle Run. Which I rode forever ago. I've just been waiting on Tim. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know, like Guardians, this, this one we're waiting on, on me, but we're we're, we're ready to go. But, admittedly, because of the way things shook out, we do have a plan in the pipeline that is a Disney attraction Tim got to do before I did. I never thought the day would come, but somehow I just completely managed to miss it while I was in town, and he did it. Yeah, figure that one out. <laughs> uh, all right, but until then, we'll see you real soon. Doodles.